a few months ago i asked my social media family both linkedin instagram whether they had a mentor or a sponsor at work a whopping 84% said that they did not an encouraging 100% said that they would love to learn more about how a sponsor or a mentor could help advance their careers and this theme was common across any social media platform that i asked this question around people did not even know what mentors or sponsors meant for their careers a mentor is somebody who typically advises a mentee they are passively on the back seat advising you when to do what in your career and basically helping you out from their experience based on your career goals right now a sponsor on the other hand will bang the table for you in the rooms that you're not in a sponsor is somebody who will create opportunities where they see that your skill set is fit for the opportunity available now without further ado i am so excited to bring you a more interactive podcast i here ask jana all of the hard questions about sponsorship how to find a mentor how to have a mentor become your sponsor the journey of leveraging this relationship to ultimately become successful well, uh, in any path that you are how are you i'm great how are you good good awesome so introducing you uh, for people listening here jana was one of my mentors slash sponsors back when she was at facebook um she has been an incredible engineer and then one of the most amazing and inspiring people i've had a chance to work with and then i was super sad when she left us to move move uh, the company and move to salesforce now um and i'd love for you to tell us jana what you're up to there and then we can dive into some questions that i have for you sure yeah i mean it's sort of funny i i've spent my most of my or pretty much my entire career since I'm in my 20s in machine learning or natural language processing related engineering tasks and i moved in march uh at the start of the pandemic uh to uh salesforce and totally changed domains i'm now working in uh security and and data security and uh it's going well it's uh it's a interesting situation to be in where like i i barely knew anything about the domain i mean i knew how to do a threat model uh, but that's about it <laughs> and uh so it's it's really um given me a chance to to learn and dig in so i mean i've enjoyed it yeah it's it's especially a huge change cuz given the pandemic moving onboarding remotely yeah. and then learning a entirely new field while also balancing home and everything that comes with it uh must have been crazy it it was uh it was and continues to be challenging but uh i don't know it's been a good change uh it, i I appreciate the problem space. And so, uh as long as I respect that and like it, then I'm happy. Yeah. 
Awesome. And then I guess like we'll also tie this into our questions today because one of the biggest questions we do get, um, and I'll come back to it in a little bit, is like, how do I find sponsors or mentors remotely or in a new company? Yeah. Um, and so I'm really hoping that uh, you can speak to that. Uh, but let's dive into it. Okay. The theme of this podcast um, or recording is going to be that there is so many people out there who know what it is like to search for a mentor or be a mentor, but rarely are there places where mentors or sponsors, especially good ones, uh, talk to these people and share their perspective. Interesting. Okay. And um, I'm hoping that this can be one of those venues where you and I can attest to that having been one of the best mentors I've ever had will speak to some of these questions. Sure. Okay. So the first one is that. Um, all the mentors too are also engineers or managers and have busy performance cycles for themselves as well. Yeah. And so when you do have a lot on your own plate, why would you even volunteer um, your hours for sponsorship or what is the motivation? Yeah. There's actually a lot of motivations. Uh, part of it is, um, I, I mean, I see the need because I actually think there's a need. Um, we're not yet to a point where, I mean, men or women for that matter, uh, understand that, um, you know, maybe they suffer from imposter syndrome and don't quite have a way to characterize that. Um, there's just ways to help people over humps. Um, and I, so there's the need. Um, I personally enjoy it. Um, there is, I mean, so it's, I mean, I guess it's slightly selfish, but it's, there's, there's a sense of accomplishment, pride and helping people. Uh, I take value from that and it makes me feel good. And so, um, I, I don't look at it as giving away time. It is almost, it's an investment too. And it's also an investment in me because I enjoy that. And I enjoy my conversations with folks. And so if it makes me happy, then I'm going to do it. Um, lastly, you know, I am where I am because I have mentors. And I see how helpful it was for me in my career. And, and I needed different things at different stages of my career. And um, the one thing, you know, as many flaws as I do have, the one thing that I, I was pretty good at was asking for help and uh, was pretty shameless and like, you know, I need help with this. Can you help me? And people were always there and willing to help. And I just not known any other way. And so, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Plus, it's, it's fun to talk to get how see how other people look at problems and situations. Yeah. I love um, I love a lot of things about it. One of the things that does stand out for me in your answer, and I think this also leads to the next question, is that sponsorship is often seen as something which is a one-way street where the sponsor or the mentor is giving. Um, but it seems like you derive some value from it. So apart from like the altruistic value that you derive from it, do you feel like it can become a two-way street? Or how it's, can sponsors help it become a two-way street? It's definitely so. Most of my uh, 
relationships have turned into two-way streets. Um, whether it be, so for instance, one of my mentees at Amazon um, was the tech lead for Kinesis. Uh, and that is not my um, area of expertise. Um, but in reading a lot of her documents, trying to understand the context of the situations that she was in, um, I actually gained tons of technical knowledge uh, from her about that. Um, I've actually turned mentees where, um, who started out sort of as ML engineers and then turned into real ML experts. And I sort of turned the tables and like, you know, you're now my expert that I go to and ask questions for. Yeah. Um, and so instead of me trying to give knowledge to you, I need it from you. But then there's the other things like, um, when I'm encouraging somebody to, um, sort of be brave and, um, you know, stand up for yourself and do it in, you know, a way that's not harmful. I, I, I sort of then look back at myself, hold up the mirror, like, am I doing that really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, huh, I need to, no, I need to take my own advice here. Yeah. And, and so, especially when I see a mentee do something brave, strong, necessary, I'm like, yeah, I, I take that as inspiration. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, sometimes usually after a while you, you build up a relationship with people and, you know, I have bad days and, uh, being a sounding board for my bad days, I, I mean, I think it strengthens the relationship. So it's, it's not just, you know, I know, you know, I have solutions to problems. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have problems too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and that, that perfectly summarizes um, a mentor-mentee relationship because you both, by the end of like those intense one-hour-a-week sessions, you know each other so well that <laughs> yeah. that's one of the benefits for sure. It is, and that actually bleeds over. So it, it's funny, like with sponsorship, I, I feel like you don't always have to have a mentor relationship, but I think it, to me, it helps yeah. to have that because it's more authentic. The sponsorship is, I mean, because it's top of mind then. I'm like, oh my gosh, Shivani would be perfect for this. This is yeah. exactly the opportunity that we should be giving her. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to sponsor somebody when you, you truly believe in them because you know them and you know what their strengths are and you yeah. know where they need to be stretched. Yeah. I love that. There's two, two follow-up questions here, but let me start with the first one. You said um, one of the ways in which you derive value from your sponsees is when they have a different skill set than you have. Yeah. And so I guess from that perspective, do you feel like you look to connect with a certain kind of people who should be your mentees or sponsees? Or can I go to anybody and choose uh, them to be my mentor or sponsor? I think it depends on your purpose. So I've had some mentorships where I, I wanted general career advice and I wanted somebody who had, tr had trodden the path that I wanted to take. And that was less specific. 
Um, but I've also had cases, especially when I was starting out, where um, I had trouble speaking up in meetings um, or I'd get talked over. And so I had my meeting buddy who would help me figure out ways to interject in meetings and get my voice heard. That morphed into me needing to lead meetings and not having the skills. And so I sought out a TPM to help me. Um, yeah. I When I was more senior, I had a lot of trouble managing my calendar. Like how can I get IC things done? In addition to all these broader initiatives that I have to do, um, because it can totally get out from under you and all you're doing is meeting other people and not doing your own work. Yeah. And, uh, and so I specifically met with a very senior leader at Amazon specifically trying to like, how do I get a handle on this? Uh, cause I need my time. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I mean, there is a similarity, you know, I have, you know, some extrovert mentees, some introvert, it, it, it really depends. So the ones for career guidance uh, could go either way. Um, I feel like I, I think I, I help all sorts of personalities, but you can usually tell within the first meeting or two whether you're going to click. Yeah. And I've clicked with extroverts and introverts and tech and non-tech, but I've also not clicked with somebody who I probably should have clicked with, you know, on paper, We'd, we're a great fit, yeah. um, but typically um, the, a lot of the, the better relationships I've had are when a third party has suggested it. Yeah. Like, they know me, they know them, and they, and they think that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, and I agree. I think um, this has been true uh, for us even. Like, I think clicking even though I think we've discussed how we were different personalities in some yeah. way and you you pointed that out through yeah. our meetings but then you were like hey like this is a skill that you have which you should hone given your extroverted yes um right which was I think which was amazing because then I had your perspective which was very different from a personality standpoint but uh I could I could really see where to double down on in my skills and it was good for me too, actually. So I actually really enjoy mentoring extroverts because uh, I can look at those skills and then sort of apply them to myself. And because I know I don't tend to have them naturally, but it allows me to see like, you know, I can make an effort here. Yeah. I really like that. So it's not just like technical skills that can go two way, but also personality skills where you can learn uh, both ways Yeah, in that sense. I guess one more interesting thing that you alluded to was, hey, um, being a mentor before you're a sponsor can usually be a good thing. And I've seen that in industry, when I've tried to talk about this, there is a widespread um, information gap in understanding of what is a mentor versus what is a sponsor. Yeah. So I want to see it coming from you. What, what is it for you? And what do you see both of these things as? Yeah. my so. There is technically a difference between mentorship and sponsorship. Um, for me and my personality type, um, I find it very hard to divorce the two because um, I, I feel like I'm a better sponsor and I'm a, a natural sponsor. 
so even before I heard the term sponsorship, um, I think I, I was a sponsor to several of my mentees just um, because part of the joy I get is helping them grow. And so, and giving them opportunities and knowing where they need to be stretched and what gaps they need to fill. And so I'm naturally just thinking, oh, this person would be great for this. And so I think I was naturally in that sponsorship role. And it was the same way during um, performance review time. Um, and I could speak to these things. And especially when we were having forward-looking discussions, like, you know, what sort of opportunities should we be giving this person so that they grow faster? And it's so much easier to participate in that discussion when you have a relationship with somebody. Absolutely. Um, and I think, uh, I think I share that too, because I've, I've gone in um, having an assigned sponsor, which is, I think, what we were initially. Yeah. But um, it's always been the most valuable if you start as knowing each other, then being mentors or mentees in my case, and then going to the sponsor-sponsee relationship. Right. I think I've probably had an unofficial sponsor before. Um, so this was a this was at Amazon and it was from an executive, but I think he, um, it, we didn't have a mentor mentee relationship, but he kept an eye on when things, um, looked unfair mm -hmm. or if I wasn't, uh, you know, people weren't listening to me and, and things. And so, I mean, I think I recognize it now after the fact. I didn't recognize it at the time. Um, but because he wasn't my mentor, but he certainly, there was a certain amount of looking out for my interests. Yeah. And uh, I, I appreciated it. He was an ally. Maybe. He was an ally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is also interesting because even, I guess, if you don't have the time to invest in being a mentor or a sponsor, just being an ally because you're in the moment able to help somebody if you see something yeah. um, is, I guess, like a great way for people who say, hey, we have too much going on and uh, cannot find the hour in a week to mentor somebody. Yeah. And and he, I mean, and he was really busy. So, yeah. but it was... Um, it was noticed and appreciated. And I actually would, uh, when I noticed it, I would actually send him a note of appreciation. Yeah. To, to like, hey, I saw what you did. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess switching gears a little bit. Um, what does it take for somebody to be a successful mentee? Yeah. So there's amount of openness that is necessary. So you have to be open to have conversations and you can't worry about how you're going to come off. Um, at the same time, you need to know what your, what the purpose is. Yeah. Is the, is it a, you know, a general, you know, I need somebody to bounce things off of as I grow my career. Is it that like for me, like I need to know how to run meetings. Yeah. Um, and like, I had a very, I had like a six month menteeship with, uh, uh, a TPM to help me gain those skills. Yeah. Uh, I watched a meeting she did and did a few things like that. 
Um, I've had mentorships that are specific to specific tech uh, areas. Uh, those can be actually really short because you might get what you need in a couple, two, three hour, you know, three hours and be like, wow, that was quite helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but that's still quite useful. And then I've had some that have lasted years yeah. uh, just because, you know, we've grown together in the company up and, you know, I was assisting them up yeah. all the levels. Um, so it's, it's knowing the purpose and knowing that, you know, at least mine, I, I don't think mentors feelings get hurt if it's not a fit. Yeah. If, you know, they could help suggest people for that. And, uh, and I don't think I actually emailed as a, Hey, can you be my mentor? I think what I said was actually for the one where I wanted specific domain knowledge is like, I really need to come up to speed in this. Would you be willing to spend an hour every couple of weeks for, you know, a month or so, a couple months to, to have these discussions with me so that I can ask you questions and, and bounce my ideas off of you and learn. And that went well. And then for the Salesforce one, um, the, the sort of culture one, it's been more casual. It's actually, we do a lot more slacking because um, we're often in similar meetings. Yeah. Um, and uh, he will often prompt me with what's going on in the meeting. Like, so what do you really think of this? Um, and so we have discussions that way. So that one came about more. Now, I, I think the reason that relationship grew is we were introduced to start with. Yeah. But then we both sort of started slacking. Uh, back and forth and that helped and so we could slack back and forth in meetings yeah yeah I really like that so I guess like use a connection which is in this case your manager to prompt you or connect you with somebody for a goal that you identify for yourself yep yeah and that's how uh, I've become a mentor for folks at uh, Salesforce too yeah Uh, all of them have been through connections. So yeah. some of them were past peers yeah. who now have uh, direct reports. You're like, like you should be talking to Jonna. And then others are um, sort of like in a little bit further away orgs, but not too far where we've had interactions. They're like, oh, uh, you should talk to her. I'm like, oh. yeah. And then we do the initial temperature check to see if yeah. we fit. and especially this last one we did yeah um, and so which yeah. I guess isn't too former Amazonian yeah yeah that's awesome I think one more thing um that I get often is that people are often intimidated to reach out to people they feel are further out in their careers more successful than they are um for various reasons have you had instances and I remember you shared uh, a bunch and so have you had instances where you felt like you could share this common context yeah it would make people more approachable I try very hard to be approachable and one of the ways is I sort of just uh let my fault fly I'm okay with it um 
I am a very poor public speaker. Um, I shake, my voice quivers, I sweat. I, it's just not a fun experience. I've gotten a lot better at it. I actually, I started out having to take beta blockers to get over that initial fire flight. And then even though, you know, I've taught, you know, I used to teach in university and that was different um, than giving a talk or a panel. And I was finding myself still nervous at these panels. I'm like, why am I still nervous? I do this all the time. And finally, I stopped caring. And I actually would sort of out myself at the beginning. Like, so I'm really nervous, as you can see, as my hand is shaking holding this microphone. I will get more, you know, I will get more comfortable as time goes on. Uh, and really, it's just my way of showing that I have issues too. I'm working through them. If you can see me up here as whatever my title is, higher than your title, uh, freaked out and being okay with that, then, you know, maybe it's, you know, it won't, if you're scared, it won't hold you back. And I've actually had people come up to me after a few of those panels, like, oh my gosh, thank you for saying something. Uh, and and so that, um, yeah, at this point I embrace my, uh, uh, no, like lack of skill at public speaking and, and use it. It's interesting though, that, um, more than you would think of that as a hindrance at this point, I see that as one of your strengths where you go in and people immediately connect with you and they're like, oh yeah, like me too. I can't do this. <laughs> and I see okay. like. People just be like, yeah, we can totally relate to you on that. But I, I actually think that's an important skill. The higher you go in whatever career ladder you're, you're working towards, because I mean, that's how, I mean, I think that's how you earn trust. So if you're willing to admit when you're wrong and when admit that you don't know something, it, then I think it helps others to feel like they there's some comfort there to to open up and less ego I guess is the the biggest thing and that's how um I've tried to be uh, I think I've succeeded actually for the most part in that um but it, it's a it's I mean it's actually a delicate balance being a woman and Knowing that I am still doing this, you know, well, I actually don't know what I'm talking about. So you're going to have to help me. Yeah. And I've actually had to pull that out a lot, uh, switching domains. Yeah. Like I've got the engineering systems down, but, you know, I can't tell you what encryption algorithm is going to work or not here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And also, I guess, like, the vulnerability, as you said, initially is important both ways, um, both for, I guess, sponsors to feel approachable, make them feel approachable, and then for mentees to actually be say what we need the help with. Right. It, it, it happens. Um, and, you know, I haven't been hurt. I'm just like, huh, that didn't fit. That was weird. Huh, okay. <laughs> and then go on. Like, and then I think, I wonder who would be a better. Actually, that 
uh, makes me think who would be a better fit yeah. and, and try to think of somebody who might be a better fit than me. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. And I guess like one question that I often get is that even to be a successful mentee, you need to choose, you need to choose the right mentor in some way in the sense how do you, and now we're coming back to something we started with, like when you're remote, you are onboarding into a new team, for example, you barely know the people to know um, who will be a good fit based on like your past experiences. How do you recommend reaching out to people? Um, can you just say, hey, can you become my mentor, which is usually very jarring? <laughs> yeah, a lot of times... Um... So the way I've done it at sales, so actually Facebook and Salesforce, I, you know, I joined both, uh, at Salesforce, I, well, both, I asked my manager who, you know, who do you think would be good to talk to me about this? So I actually have a, like, and in Salesforce, it's very different because I have two goals. Yeah. One is to gain experience in domain. And the other one is to learn the Salesforce culture. Yeah. Um, and they're two different things. And, um, and so the people, so I, I basically asked my manager if, you know, they could help suggest people for that. And, uh, and I don't think I actually emailed and said, Hey, can you be my mentor? I think what I said was actually for the one where I wanted specific domain knowledge is like, I really need to come up to speed. <laughs> in this, would you be willing to spend an hour every couple of weeks for, you know, a month or so, a couple months to, to have these discussions with me so that I can ask you questions and, and bounce my ideas off of you and learn. And that went well. And then for the Salesforce one, um, the, the sort of culture one, it's been more casual. It's actually, we do a lot more slacking. Um, cause we're often in similar meetings. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he will often prompt me with what's going on in the meeting. Like, so what do you really think of this? Um, and so we have discussions that way. So that one came about more now. I, I think the reason that relationship grew is we were introduced to start with. Yeah. But then we both sort of started slacking. Uh, back and forth and that helped and so we could slack back and forth in meetings yeah yeah I really like that so I guess like use a connection which is in this case your manager to yep. prompt you or connect you with somebody for a goal that you identify for yourself yep yeah and, and that's how uh I've become men a mentor for folks at uh, Salesforce too yeah uh, all of them have been through connections. So yeah. some of them were past peers yeah. who now have uh, direct reports. You're like, like you should be talking to Jonna. And then others are um, sort of like in a little bit further away orgs, but not too far where we've had interactions. They're like, oh, uh, you should talk to her. I'm like, oh. yeah. And then we do the initial temperature check to see if yeah. we fit. And, especially this last one we did. Yeah. Um, and so, which yeah. I guess is a two, former Amazonian. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think 
one more thing um that i get often is that people are often intimidated to reach out to people they feel are further out in their careers more successful than they are um for various reasons have you had instances and i remember you shared uh, a bunch and so have you had instances where you felt like you could share this common context yeah. which would make people more approachable I try very hard to be approachable. And one of the ways is I sort of just uh let my faults fly. I'm okay with it. Um I am a very poor public speaker. Um I shake, my voice quivers, I sweat. I it's just not a fun experience. I've gotten a lot better at it. I actually I started out having to take beta blockers to get over that initial fire flight. And then even though you know I've taught, you know I used to teach at, in university and that was different um than giving a talk or a panel. And I was finding myself still nervous at these panels and I'm like why am I still nervous? I do this all the time. And finally I stopped caring and I actually would sort of out myself at the beginning like so I'm really nervous as you can see as my hand is shaking holding this microphone I will get more you know I will get more comfortable as time goes on uh and really it's just my way of showing that I have issues too I'm working through them if you can see me up here as whatever my title is higher than your title uh freaked out and being okay with that then you know maybe it's you know it won't if you're scared it won't hold you back and i've actually had people come up to me after a few of those panels like oh my gosh thank you for saying something uh and so that um yeah at this point i embrace my uh uh no like lack of skill at public speaking and and use it it's interesting though that um more than you'd think of that as a hindrance at this point i see that as one of your strengths where you go in and people immediately connect with you and they're like oh yeah like me too i can't do this <laughs> and i see like people just be like yeah we can totally relate to you on that but i i actually think that's an important skill the higher you go in whatever career ladder you're you're working towards because i mean that's how i mean i think that's how you earn trust so if you're willing to admit when you're wrong and when admit that you don't know something then i think it helps others to feel like they there's some comfort there to to open up and less ego i guess is the the biggest thing and that's how um i've tried to be uh, i think i've succeeded actually for the most part in that um but it, it's a it's i mean it's actually a delicate balance being a woman and knowing that i is still doing this you know well I actually don't know what I'm talking about so you're going to have to help me. And I've actually had to pull that out a lot uh switching domains. Yeah. Like I've got the engineering systems down, but you know, 
I can't tell you what encryption algorithm is going to work or not here. I don't know. Yeah. And also, I guess, like, the vulnerability, as you said, initially is important both ways. Um, Both for, I guess, sponsors to feel approachable, make them feel approachable, and then for mentees to actually be what we need the help with right yeah it's yeah it's it's very facebook just you know being your authentic self yeah (laughs) awesome i guess last question um to wrap this up uh is if you could change anything about the way the current sponsorship or mentorship programs run in any big companies or anything uh what would that be um, I think allowing, so if you build in the fact that a misfit might happen, so like between people and let people understand that that's not something wrong with them, it just happens, um, maybe it would be more acceptable. And I think people would be willing to shortcut a or short circuit a relationship that just isn't going to fit. And, and instead of not getting anything out of the program, yeah. yeah, have a mechanism to re rematch. Yeah. Um, I think would be useful. It's just so it doesn't feel like it's a failure. It's not a failed match. It's just sometimes you have to rematch. Yeah. Um, I think building that in uh, could be interesting. And then, I really think, I mean, this is my own, and I've said it a few times here, uh, my own personal bias is uh, sponsorships work best when you really know somebody Yeah. And, and understand their motivations, their strengths, their gaps. And, uh, and so I, I wish we had better training for sponsors. Yeah. on on how to to get at that and so it's not a sponsor name only yeah. or a sponsor who doesn't you know is doing the job but they don't really feel it yeah uh, so but I think those are the two biggest things because sponsorship's hard yeah um and um and so I think those are the biggest things I would change I think having a program that was the first step. Yeah. Everybody has programs. <laughs> yep. And then you can fix it later. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I think those are great ideas. I'm definitely going to go back and incorporate these in the programs that we do have. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anna. I think um, I cannot even wait to release this because I'm sure it's going to help so many, so many people. Um, Thank you for sharing uh, so much. I really, really appreciate it.